When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, maybe that's what keeps you coming back. But maybe what keeps you coming back is Probably that not. My, my co-host, who is with me as always, and, uh, doesn't particularly care about the institution, Kristen Studdard. Hello. Hello. That is me. The reason you're here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are only two reasons. That's it. Two or reasons the, for the seasons. The third reason is the interplay, wow. is the dynamic, is the betwixt. Is, is what lies in between yes, maybe these that's two what... points of view. Well, <laughs> that's been our show. <laughs> uh, so here we are. It's been two weeks since the Hall of Fame inductees have been announced for the class of 2020. We have, as a review, can you tell me who the inductees are? <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Whitney Houston, B.I.G., T-Rex. Oh, God. Um, uh, Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. Not Todd Rundgren. <laughs> Correct. Um, there's one more, mm-hmm. and they're like also pretty much someone you would have... Nine Inch Nails. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Where were you going with that? And well, they're also someone I, you would pretty I was, much. I was thinking it was a one you would pretty much think was going to get in, but then okay. I realized no, I already said the Doobie Brothers. There <laughs> they you were go. the those were mm-hmm. they were the ones that were kind of the shoe in, but not Todd Rundgren not getting in, like him not getting in and Nine Inch Nails getting in is a surprise to me. That's like a it's a change. Although for, once again, you are talking as though you didn't predict Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> And not Todd Rundgren <laughs> when I forced you to make predictions. Oh, did I? Yeah. Good for me. But on my ballot, the people that I drafted this year, I drafted Todd and That's not true. Nine Inch Nails. In the early, yeah, early Which hours. I do remember. There you go. In this moment. My Good for Lord. me. Yeah, so that's uh, those are the inductees. Now, as you might recall, when we recorded uh, the episode where I revealed the inductees to you, uh, I mentioned that there I might was a little out of you it. were you were a little out of it, yeah, a little sickly uh, and not thrilled with life. Nope. But you might recall that I said there might be additional categories. <gasps> there might be those special categories. Is that, that we what know this episode about. is? I don't know what this episode is. FYI, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have came not in told with Kristen. No idea. Right. So the they actually are going to be inducting people in a special category. Oh. Yeah. Is it any of the people who are nominated? 
No, it's not. So the, this year they are going to be going back to the Ahmet Erdogan Award for non-performers. Problematic, though. Problematic. Yeah, true. That is true. We've talked to Evelyn McDonald yeah. about how Ahmet Erdogan, while obviously a majorly influential record executive, was also an abusive An abusive. Person. Ahmet Erdogan and done some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way um, to trivialize it. <laughs> Ahmet Erdogan. Erd. Mm-hmm. A, a lot. He did. <laughs> um, but so they are going to be inducting some non-performers this year. Not, but not Pat Benatar. Correct. She okay. performs. She performs and she's just not getting in. There's no like special surprise. This isn't the episode mm-hmm. where you reveal that you were surprise. keeping it from yeah. me. No, no, no. Unfortunately. God damn it. Uh, but I thought what I would do is I would go through a little bit of the history of this award because we we talk about it maybe in passing but i don't think we've ever really dove deep into who of the non-performers they have inducted in the past yeah i mean the ones that i remember are the time that the the stacks record people got inducted and they just purposely Uh for some reason left out the woman Mm -hmm. who co-founded and like what mortgaged her home to found yeah they inducted jim stewart and not estelle axton and they literally stacks is the combination of their last names which is uh outrageous so i remember that Mm -hmm. and they used to do this category quite a bit like they don't go back to it quite as often but it was almost like they would do it Nearly every single year. Is this what Carol King is in as? Yes, correct. Ooh, see, I remember all the wrongs that have yeah. been done in this category. Yeah. The error Degans. The error Degans. Now, it obviously was not always called the uh, Ahmed Erdogan Award that happened after had, he passed away. What it abuser just, did it used to be named after? used to just be called... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously, it just used to be called, it was called the, the Joe uh, Jackson <laughs> Non-Performer like Manager Turner, Award. Yeah. So I thought we would just kind of go through who's been inducted in this category. Okay. So the first year, they had three non-performers. And what's weird and worth maybe worth noting, maybe not, sometimes kind of arbitrarily, they give this award and they call it Lifetime Achievement in Non-Performing, and then sometimes they don't. And they, there's like a handful of people. Now, is that like a subtle diss? Is that like a, you know, the lifetime achievement people are, you know, is that a higher ranking category? Is that a higher rank for a non-performer? I truly think it's just them forgetting what they call it. Like if you look on the Wikipedia page for the list of inductees, the lifetime achievement award, people are in a separate category than the non-performer. But then if you go to the Rock Halls website, it looks like they've just bunched them all together. Okay. And then another thing to point out is record producers are often given this award, but sometimes they're given the Musical Excellence Award. The that- hall doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, what are you doing? D- yeah, so it the lines are not drawn uh, very distinctly. I mean, obviously there are people like say Nile Rogers who is a performer and a lot of his career has to do with his performance in addition to and he was inducted as what but he's musical excellence Ma- musical which I think excellence that fits great yeah because you wouldn't want to call him a non-performer no. given how much he performs that'd be rude I saw him perform Important. is Carol King in as a non-performer yeah this is a outrage I mean, it's not, I don't even really care, but I'm mad. I'm, yeah. in, I'm frustrated. This is a minor nuisance, especially just like if you're using the Nile rule. Well, the Nile rule wasn't established, you know, until 
27 years later. Like, oh. Carol King was inducted as a non-performer very early on when they did not have a musical excellence category. Was her husband, who she also used to write those songs with? Jerry um, Goffin. Jerry Goffin, yes. was he also... Mm-hmm. Were they inducted together yes, on the course. same damn plaque? Of course. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, they were the songwriting team. Well, and you, you know, know I mean? that I learned all this from Beautiful. From beautiful, the musical. The, the musical. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I know anything about Carol King in uh, my life. And another point of distinction, weird, three, they inducted three engineers uh, at the same time, three like very important record engineers. And for some reason, they were in the musical excellence category instead of the non-performer. Who knows why? Guys. But that was in 2012 with Cosmo Matassa, Glenn Johns, and Tom Dowd. So they're putting in some people. All right. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. Let's start from 1986, the first year. They inducted a guy named John Hammond. Who was uh, the Hammond organ? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, John. Uh, John Ham. I love him. Yeah. Right. John Hammond from Mad What Men can't he and, do? What uh, can't he do? So he was a talent scout. He helped to like launch Billie Holiday and Aretha Franklin, and then also signed Bob Dylan and signed Bruce Springsteen. He was just like a super influential like producer and talent scout. Is he the first person to get inducted as a non-performer? Yes. Yeah, so there were three people that first year. Okay. It was him. It was Alan Freed. Now, Alan Freed was a... Of Freedbird. He's the song Freedbird. It's about him. Right. Yeah. So if, if, we're, uh, if we're following along, Kristen's going to make a pun based on every person. You buckle up, everybody. Uh, Alan Freed was a Cleveland area radio DJ who like coined the term rock and roll and was like the first person to really start putting all these disparate songs and music musicians together and play them on the radio in a format that was like rock and roll is that why the hall is in cleveland that's a big reason why and for a lot of people that was like their their first introduction to the idea of rock and roll was hearing this music on alan freed's radio show if i recall i from going to the museum i feel like there's a big old yeah there's a big old he's front you know tribute to him there Uh, and then sam phillips who was the Phillips screwdriver? My God, guy. <laughs> he was. Which the... you can't put an amp together without a few Phillips screws. I mean, I've been saying that forever. No, he was Sun Records in Memphis. Oh yeah, he was the guy who recorded Elvis and Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison and Carl Perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis. Like he was Sun Records was obviously hugely uh, foundational for rock and roll, and he was the guy behind it. It's pretty big. These are pretty big names. Pretty and big. Those stuff. are the first three in the first year. I just do want to make sure that they were all white guys. Oh yeah, great. Those okay, guys. I do just want to check in and make sure. For sure. The next year, eighty-seven, they inducted Ahmet Erdogan, who uh, was. Atlanta. I've already made enough puns about how uh-huh. terrible he was, just as a human being. But he did some good stuff for rock and roll, I guess. Yeah, he was Atlantic Records, which was Aretha and Ray Charles, and later Led Zeppelin and Neil Young. The conflict of interest, obviously, is that like Ahmet Erdogan also started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like he was an important. At person least he didn't put himself in, in the, the first, first year. year. Yeah. It was like the first year they put in him and Jan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he gave himself a year. I mean, but he is like one of the most important record executives of all time. Then Lieber and Stoller, who were the songwriters who did a lot of Elvis's songs, they did Hound Dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. No, 
Aren't these both men as well? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Uh, and then Jerry Wexler, who was a producer at Atlantic, who did, again, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Led Zeppelin. He actually coined the term rhythm and blues. Uh, and then the last uh, non-performer in the second year, 87, was Leonard Chess, who did who Chess Records. And created the game, game of chess. The game of chess. Yes. <laughs> While Sun Records was like Memphis, Chess Records was Chicago. So that was Muddy Waters, Chuck Berry, Howlin' Wolf. Obviously very important to the foundation of rock and roll. The third year, 88, we only had one non-performer. It was Barry Gordy. Good for him. Get out there, Barry. Of Motown. Never had a problem. Never did anything wrong <laughs> Never, to anybody. Ever. Uh, that was the only one, 88. And then in 89, I, I, I mean, I mean, let's, let's up the ante. You ready for it? Uh-huh. 89, Phil Spector. Okay, creator of actual ghosts um, yeah. and um, like literally creator of ghosts. He's mm-hmm. out there making ghosts by murdering people. Ghost groups. <laughs> Obviously, Phil Spector, Wallace Sound, the girl groups, etc. Okay, 1990. It really sounded like you said Phil Spector, Wallace Sound. Spector, another term for ghost. True. That's why I That's said, it. said it. Creating specters. Creating specters. Because he did kill. He killed someone, he right? He killed his wife. He yeah. killed his wife. Yes. Yeah. And we're fine with it. Mm-hmm. All right. 1990. That's where we get Goffin and King. That's where we get Carol King and Jerry Goffin. There she is. The first woman inducted in this category only to be smote in her own category. Uh, and then also Holland Dozier Holland. So they they did songwriters in 1990. Holland Dozier Holland. Holland Dozier Holland did a lot of the Motown songwriting. Can I ask? Is that that is one person's name? That Their is name three is people. Holland Holland. Okay, is it two people who are married or brothers sisters? No, it's brothers. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, a girl okay. can dream. Holland Dozier Holland was Lamont Dozier and Brian and Eddie Holland, and they wrote all the Motown shit. They wrote everything for the Supremes and the Four Tops. They have a long list of songs that you Holland Dozier Holland, how can I help you? Yeah, exactly. Also founders of the Netherlands. <laughs> Okay, nineteen ninety one. Gotcha. We've got three in nineteen ninety one. We've got Nasuhi Erdogan, which is Ahmed's His... brother. Okay, it was like sister. And this is wife. This, to me, is like I mean, he was involved in Atlantic Records, but to be perfectly honest, a lot of the stuff that he did was jazz. So it feels like he was inducted because his brother was in charge mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh, interesting! Wow, we're we're starting to see some some cracks in the in the methodology. Yeah, I mean, this category you'll notice is a lot of the people who are involved in the hall because yeah. the people who are making the decisions in the hall often are not performers. And then we have a guy named Dave Bartholomew who we lost recently, but he was a songwriter in New Orleans, did a lot of the facts, Domino stuff. I'm walking, yeah, the day and I'm talking, you and me, I'm hoping that you come back to me. So this is kind of like, a, this is feeling very songwriter heavy right now. A lot of songwriters, yeah. I Producers, like Producers, record executives, songwriters so far is about, and we have one DJ, but so far that's that's basically what it is. 
and then a guy named Ralph Bass, who is a record producer. And Fisherman. <laughs> uh, he's, cre- he's credited with bringing black music to the mainstream. And to Big Mouth Big Billy Mouth, Bass. Yeah. Pro Billy Bass Big shops. Mouth and Big Mouth Billy Bass. He is the one who created that, put them in all the Spencer's gift stores across we, America. We thank Ralph for yep, that. Thank you for uh, Bass Fish singing Take Me to the River. Uh, all right, then let's go to 1992, where we have Bill Graham, who was a promoter, and he his venue was the Fillmore, legendary, the legendary concert venue, uh, and he was super influential in terms of like the a lot of like the psychedelic 60s. Yeah, it's like, a, is that a Bay Area place, yes. right? It's mm-hmm. a San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, I do. I've seen that. It's like all the posters from the like Jefferson Airplane Woodstock era. Santana. Yeah. Yeah. All the Fillmore was the spot. And then we also have Doc Pomus, who was a Doc song. Pomus? Doc Pomus. 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 Pomus Stone? Pomus. Pomus. <laughs> Doc Pomus? Doc Pomus, songwriter, did Save the Last Dance. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So, darling, save the last dance for. What was his real name? How do you How become a doc? How does one get the nickname Doc? How can you really... Well, his name was... Doctor. <laughs> so... Jerome uh, Felder. Excuse me? So neither of those... Doc Pomus? Doc and Pomus was also not his name. His name was not Dr. Pomus. It was a stage name. What is Pomus? I can't tell you this because I don't know. How do you spell it? P-O-M-U-S. Maybe it's an acronym for like... Putting out music, you sucker. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird about Doc Pomus getting inducted was that his songwriting partner, Mort Schumann. Oh, God. I was like, if it's a fucking woman no, and they no. didn't put her in, I will be it was so just, pissed off. It, it, was an, it was the... They were songwriting partners, but he was not inducted until years later for kind of no reason. It's just weird. Well, they, he didn't have a cool name. If maybe name Mort, Mort Schumann, Schumann had picked a different name. was like... Chase Dynamite. <laughs> then, yeah, if it was Doc Pomus and Chase Dynamite, he'd be like, I mean, put him in. in. You couldn't. That's not. rock and roll, baby. More Schumann, send him back for a pair of size sixes, you know? And then the other 19, the third 1992 non performer was Leo Fender, who obviously. Of the Fender Bender. <laughs> yes. Who came up with the. When in you get into a little. Face. A little car accident, and you're like, yep. uh, obviously, Fender Guitars. He mm-hmm. created Fender Guitars, the, one of the most, if not the most recognizable brand of electric guitar. Also, Mort Schumann, just, it sounds like a name of a sketch character. Like I uh, think it sounds like someone you're like, oh, yeah, he wrote for show, your show of shows. Yeah. He, he wrote for Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah. Uh, Mort Schumann, classic yeah. comedy writer you know, from the 60s. Mort Schumann, he used to collab with Steve Martin on the whatever brothers show that he Smothers used to, Brothers. Smothers Brothers yeah. show. All right. So 93, we've got Dick Clark, one of the more famous non-performers. Clark's Shoes. Is that a thing? Clark oh, yeah. Clark's, Clark's is a brand of shoes. Mm, yeah. I, that's kind of a whiff for me. Oh, well, just I'm sorry. Uh, audience, if you if you liked it, get in there. Uh, Let and, us know how you feel. 
Milt Gabler. <laughs> Sorry, one whiff out of also like thirty. Well, I mean, I've been pretty generous, but absolute it was a particularly gold bad on one. Fender Bender. Clark shoes, pretty bad. <laughs> it was quick. Yeah, whatever. All right, next up we've got Milt Gabler. Do you want to do anything with that? And of Green Gablers. My God. So he was like an early record producer, like Sister Is It a Tharp and Billie Holiday and Bill Haley, like some very early, early uh, rock and roll musicians. And then 1994, we've got Johnny Otis. I want to all- Spunkmeyer. <laughs> Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. Okay. Wow. No, you can't it's just okay. look at me. I just come up with them when I come up with them. I don't do one for every single one. Okay, I see. Well, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Otherwise, I'm just going to steamroll through these. Johnny well, Otis was well, like Well, who is Johnny Otis? He was like a talent scout for King Records. Uh, what's weird, when I was kind of looking him up, he was also like a band leader and he was a performer. It, it seems like a weird category for him. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Whose and, friend was he? Uh, Seymour's probably. Yeah. All right, Seymour. Uh, and then in 95, we start to get into some for sure friends of Seymour, uh, <laughs> Paul Ackerman, who was the editor for Billboard magazine during like the creation of rock and roll in the rock and roll era. One of the first people to take uh, rock and roll seriously as a journalist. He also hired a 15 year old Seymour Stein <laughs> to work for his magazine. There you have it. Yeah. Uh, 96, they inducted Tom Donahue who is another radio DJ, and he kind of was the first person to and have like Phil a, Donahue's father. <laughs> a freeform radio show. So like kind of before, and he kind of broke Like FM word jazz? Too. So in the sense of like every radio DJ was kind of the same, and he was the first person to like, I'm going to play what I want. I'm maybe going to play like a full album side if I want. I'm going to play these artists that are not commercial for oh, AM a radio. renegade. Yeah. Okay, a rebel. What was his name? Tom Donahue. Tom Donahue. He didn't have a fun name, you know, like Tom the, the Night Owl. Owl Donahue or whatever. No, no, no. no, no, no. 97, they inducted the founder of King Records. Uh, the S- King of King Records. Sid Nathan. His Majesty, Sid Nathan. Sid Nathan. Again, founder of Nathan's Hot Dogs. Someone, someone who was close with <laughs> Seymour. Seymour Stein. Uh, and he, one of the, his most important things is he like kind of crossbred country western and R&B, which, you know, as we know, those were the main influence that became rock and roll. In 1998, a weird one for non-performer, Alan Toussaint. Alan Toussaint. Who sounds like a painter for sure. He's a New Orleans songwriter, but he's also, he has a long career as a performer. Can I just count? So it's one woman so far, Carol King? Correct. Full stop. Correct. Cool. I'm just checking. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, and then 1999, we get George Martin, who was the producer for the Beatles. And it's like, where's the next book, George? <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. But he, yeah, he produced all the Beatles records. 2000, we get Clive Davis. Okay. Uh, Columbia and Arista Records. You would. He's just a big deal. I mean, I've deal. heard of him. I mean, him. like from. Early on, from you know Donovan all the way to Whitney Houston, and That's even so... into like Kelly Clarkson, like he is. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still around. Is he still signing? I believe so. That signing think... hands still work, you know. <laughs> I think Clive is still. I yeah, I think Clive he's still alive, involved. baby. Uh, you got to imagine, not to the extent, but like yeah, he was a huge, huge. Uh, Wow, to have to have been all the way from Donovan to Kelly Clarkson is a real. That's a wow. Mm-hmm. That's a long one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The industry has changed, man. <laughs> uh, Two thousand one, we've got Chris Blackwell, who was the founder of Island Records, oh, okay. which was uh, Bob Marley and U two. 
Now, 2002 is where we get to, we actually watch this. This is Jim Stewart of Stax Records, but for and, some reason, not Estelle Axton. And It's a Wonderful Life. Right, yeah. Yeah, Jim Stewart uh, from Love Harvey work. and... Uh, Huge fan. 2003, Mo Austin, who was a Warner Brothers, known as a extremely artist-friendly record executive. Now, Mo is not short for Maureen or Melissa or anything like that. Yeah, he's a man. It's short Mo for Austin probably like Mo, Mo or Tamor. More Tamor. It's definitely more Tamor. Mo. Because that's it for men's names that you could do Mo for. It would mm-hmm. only be Mort, Mortimer. Mo? Maurice? Maurice. Morris Ostrovsky. Morris. Some people call me Morris. he knew what he was doing he was like yeah maurice ostrovsky i don't think so mo austin that's mo like it oh boy i you know i say this as you know we both have very difficult showbiz names Mm -hmm. and we did not change them all right 2004 they inducted jan wenner in a sense inducting (sighs) himself you know did he give his own speech mick jagger inducted him Ooh, of course That's like, I don't know. That's just like a circle jerk of... Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll get to more of that. It's the Rolling We've Stones seen... jerking off Rolling Stone. Yeah. <laughs> like... uh, and then 2005, Seymour Stein. And then we also have the first and only agent to be inducted as a non-performer. Again, it was if... Ari... Uh, who's, wow. the guy, who's the guy who... Ari Gold. Yeah, right. The guy who Entourage is based Ent- on. Yeah. No, that is the Entourage character. Oh, what's the guy's... Ari Emanuel. Ari Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel's brother. Brother. Mm -hmm. True. Truly. Yeah, I know that. that, You've been making a lot of jokes like that, but that's that's actually true. That's actually true, yes. Yeah. Uh, Frank Barcelona, who... (laughs) Come on. Not only... You mean Frank Barcelona. Barcelona. They say they do the T's there. Yeah, the Castilian. He, like, kind of invented concert touring the way it is now. Oh, I'm like... Say what? He like kind of mo- he figured <laughs> like out where modern it's the only touring. way for artists to actually make money <laughs> off their music, or a, a, a way a way for them to make m- money and like to really he like really kind of figure it out, streamlining the process and making it a big deal and making it a big money maker for artists and putting artists together, almost and- like packaging a tour to be like maybe naming it, like giving it like I the- think all all sorts of. Things like that, but I think he was maybe the first one to really like take it seriously hmm. and make it a a huge business. And he 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 had the first booking agency, first rock and roll booking agency. Well, you know. All right. Next up, we have uh, in 2006 we had Herb Albert, Herb Alpert, Herb and the Alpert Tijuana Brass, and Jerry Moss. Now they started A and M Records. That's now not- Herb Alpert obviously is the same. From the Tijuana Brass okay. and a performer, but he's being recognized here for the label that he started. Which was called A&M. Tijuana. Okay, A&M. A&M. He's the A of A&M? He's the A&M, yeah. Who's Jerry that? Moss Who, is oh, the M. Jerry Moss. Correct. Uh, and you know, they had a ton of artists, most notably Janet and The Police. When was that label founded? Was that? It's so funny because I guess I... Record labels have always existed for mm-hmm. my whole life. Yeah. I can't and imagine and that's like why the a big lot of ones. The, like a lot of the record executives who are inducted are the ones who are like, they signed Elvis. Yeah. You know, or like they signed Ray Charles or whatever. It like goes early, early on. 
Are A&M records still around? Do people still sign to a They might have been... It, I think a lot of the record labels like that are bought by bigger ones, and like, they still exist, but they operate under the umbrella. I don't know for sure. Okay. Uh, Wait, has Jimmy Iovine been no. given one of these? I bet he's the one who gets one this year. Okay, interesting. That's my thought. Uh, 2007 was the first year that they didn't do a non-performer. It had been going strong since the beginning. But there was none in 2007. They were like, well, all our friends are in. Everybody gave each other a high five, <laughs> took a bite of the hoagie, and job well done. 2008, Gamble and Huff, who were songwriters uh, kind of in Philadelphia. Also, two vices. To Gamble and to Huff? <laughs> and yeah, Huff. You're right. <laughs> Gamble and Huff. My God. That's a cool That's a cool duo name. We're mm-hmm. Gamble and Huff. What and did they do? They were songwriters? Songwriters out of, out of Philadelphia. <laughs> out of Philadelphia, they did like a lot of the OJ's stuff. What they do? Okay, we take another break. 2010, we come back, and this is where we get Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. We get, we get, and that's a woman, second woman. So we, we've, and then we've also got Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Jeff Barry. Is Ellie a woman? Yes. <gasps> No women have been inducted on their own so far. They are all inducted as part of a duo, including (laughs) my girl, Carol King, and her cheating ass husband, Jerry Goff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were in songwriting partnerships. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm just like lamenting the state of the world and and the patriarchy as it stands. I'm just, and you're just mansplaining. (laughs) Uh, I have to. Uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil did You've Lost That Love and Feeling. And they did We Gotta Get Out of This Place. We gotta get out of this place If it's the last thing we ever do We gotta get out of this place Girl, there's a better life for me and you I'm worried about their marriage. <laughs> were they married to each other? <laughs> they were, yeah. Okay. They were? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, they Greenwich. were writing You've Let the Lost That Loving Feeling and We Gotta Get Out of This Place? <laughs> Yikes. Greenwich and Barry did Leader of the Pack and Be My Baby. Jesse Stone was also inducted that year. Is that Jessica? Uh, that's a man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesse Stone is an, uh, another. They did a lot of songwriters this year. They did. They finally got Mort Schumann in. The hell yeah! All right, Mort Schumann. He came from the back of the of the stories. Uh, Jesse Stone did "Shake, Rattle, and Roll." Rattle and roll. And then Otis Blackwell, who did Don't Be Cruel, and he did Great Balls of Fire. You broke my wheel, the blood of three. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. And then also 2010, we got David Geffen of Geffen Records. Of the Geffen Theater. <laughs> Maybe. No, there is. Yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah, the Geffen is him. in, yeah, is on the west side. Right. Yeah, I mean, he. No, it's definitely He's one his. of those dudes who is so rich. His name yeah, is. Yeah, there are so everything. many Geffen buildings and Geffen theaters yeah. in Los Angeles. They're actually, it's it's wild. So we've gotten into, that's 2010. We're starting to get into more recent decades. Why don't we take a break? We will finish up the last few, and then we will talk about who is being inducted this year in this category. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, bye. 
Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you... Received a nice text message about a gift you sent someone. Beautiful. All right, let's let's jump back in with the non-performer category. 2011, we've got Art Roop. No, that's <laughs> not. Nope, absolutely not. Nope. Art Roop, let me... It's Art, yeah, A-R-T, Roop, R-O-O-P. Close. R-U-P-E. U-P-E, that's it. Roop. Yeah, and Art Roop... Uh, oh, it's just so cute. He was a record executive producer... Uh, what's important about him is he kind of brought Little Richard to the world. And he's still alive. He's 102 years old. Art? Art's still kicking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Probably not very hard, though. I have got to imagine he's slowed down yeah. a little bit. 102. He's 102, yeah. For me, that's... I, whew, I just that's Remember a, that's... this moment, because pretty soon we're going to have to be like, hey, Art Rube died. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Remember gosh. when we talked about Art Rube? He'll be like, he was like 107. I mean, I don't know. He'll probably live forever. I mean, when you bring Little Richard, Little Richard is also still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something, they have some some satanic bond that is keeping them alive. (laughs) There's some sort of unicorn blood IV happening. (laughs) Uh, In 2011, we also had Jack Holzman, who... (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you finished that. (laughs) Yeah. We had Jack Hole. We had Jack Hole. (laughs) Jack Holzman? Electro Records, which was like The Doors and the band Love. Uh, also, Judy Collins. Uh, he was, and Electra continued to be a powerhouse uh, record label for a long time. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. 2012. Whenever we're getting into the, some of the ceremonies you've seen, so maybe and you might I remember. definitely won't remember unless it's when Stax got inducted. Right. Uh, 2012 was Don Kirshner, who created the Monkees. He was also like kind of in charge of the Brill Building. And, oh, uh, he was a character in Beautiful, Beautiful the Musical. I believe, Definitely I do know it. who that person is. Yeah. Yes. Someone might even uh, portray Mort Schumann in Beautiful. In Beautiful. Oh, was Mort at a the A lot Brill of those Bill? songwriters, and I believe Mort Oh, yeah. Schumann Mort has... might be a secondary character <laughs> well. about one of the swing chorus members played him yeah. at one point. Speaking of which, I, I found out recently that they're, did you know they're doing an Aretha movie called Respect? <gasps> No, is, did they, did they have... Jennifer Hudson is going to be Aretha. Oh, this is good. And a lot, it's just funny. A lot of the people in this category are in that movie. Like Jerry Wexler is played by Mark Maron. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, really? Yeah, I, I just happened to look at that. Uh, Mary J. Blige is playing Dinah Washington. Okay. Tate Donovan is playing the first person we talked about, John Hammond. Of Hammond Organs. Oh my God. No. Of Hammond, Indiana. Uh, and that's that looks like that's the limited cast list that I have here. Uh, next up in 2013 was when we got Lou Adler, who you might remember, another As character Stella from Stella Adler's son. Well, Lou yeah. Adler produced Tapestry. Ah. And the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, yeah. He was definitely in Beautiful the Musical. Yeah, of course. Uh, and he's also known for sitting next to Jack Nicholson courtside at, at the, the Lakers Knicks games. games. Lakers games. The Lakers games. LOL. Yeah. Kristen, uh, get your cities great. Hello. Um, Cheech and Chong inducted him. You might remember that. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. I just, no, I, I thought I did. I remember oh, wow. Cheech I really thought you did. Your no, eyes lit up. I remember Cheech and Chong existing, and that was what you were seeing. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Did they do? Did, I do remember their speech now. Yeah, they did. Like yeah, a, they a did bit a bunch of bits. Yeah. Yes, they. A, a, was it about being high? Uh, <laughs> do they do that? Yeah. Do yeah. they do that? Oh. 
did they do that? Also, 2013, they inducted Quincy Jones. And then 2014, they inducted Andrew Lug Oldham and Brian Epstein, who are managers. Oldham did the Stones. Epstein did... Didn't kill himself. <laughs> Epstein obviously didn't kill himself. Brian Epstein was the Beatles manager. And actually, when, last time we talked to Seymour Stein, he talked about that, about how they've only inducted two managers and that they should induct more. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. And he was saying he, was saying he didn't really care much for Brian Epstein, but had they have to, if they're going to induct managers, you induct the Beatles manager. But he liked Andrew Lou Goldham, the Stones manager, quite a bit. So those two were managers? Yes. And they, but they weren't like inducted as a duo. Those just No, they happened to be, they were just inducted okay. the same year in, in a like thematic sense of like, we're going to induct two huge managers. Gotcha. Yeah. And then if you might remember, or listeners might remember, Seymour Stein was like, they should induct more managers. He had a long list. Albert Grossman was one of them. And that was Dylan's manager. And I mean, he had a long list of like also of just record, like record people exec that people he was and, popping off about how they should be in. advocating for more uh, non-performer. Yeah. Especially because uh, as we'll see, as the years go on, we don't see as many inductees in that category, which is a shame. I think they should do it every year. There's they plenty should. of people They don't who are have to put worthy. it in the damn televised, for, although I guess now they do because everything's being televised live, but... but yeah, it's okay to keep it short. You don't even I necessarily agree. have to have a performance, but Roll even if you the do, package. Yeah. It can be... You can just do one song, which is what they used to do. Anyway, so they didn't have it in 2015. 2016 is the last time they did this category, and they inducted a guy named Burt Burns, who was a producer and a songwriter. He wrote Twist and Shout. He wrote Peace in My Heart. This was also a weird conflict of interest at the time because little Steven was producing a play about Burt Burns' life at the time and then Called it's actually another rock Let call. it burns. Yeah. Or feel the burns. Feel the burns. <laughs> yeah. What was it about? What was about, about this dude's life? Burt Burns' life and he wrote Twist, Twist and, and Shout. Was he still alive when he was inducted? No, he died young. Ah. I think he was in his 30s when he died. Okay. So he... So little Steven trying to drum up a little bit of interest about him for his little... Potentially. And that was the last time we've had a non-performer inductee. And here we are four years later and it's happening again. Jimmy Iovine is my only guess. So they are inducting two more managers. Oh, Okay, and I don't know any managers. So is they it? are going, they are inducting what people have called the most powerful figure in music today. Definitely and, not going to be a woman. And his name's Irving Azoff. Oh, I know that name. He's the one who's got all the power on the non-com. Well, he's on the board of yeah. the Rock Hall. He's not in the nomcom, but he's on the board. But isn't it like his picks are the ones that... Is he the Doobie Brothers guy? Yeah, he is the Doobie Brothers guy. So he almost has had like his own slot on the inductee list every year. Yeah, the ASO... It's like who he Stevie likes. Stevie Nicks uh, thanked him last year. Uh-huh. He represents Fleetwood Mac. Doobie Brothers this year. He represents Bon Jovi. They were 2018. He represents Journey. Oh my god! They were 2017. Wow. Yeah. So it's he has an incredible amount of influence. He has a lot of very. I mean, the biggest his biggest act is the Eagles. Oh my god! And he plays a huge part in that documentary. 
I still haven't watched it. There's yeah, so many. It's not on I Netflix anymore. Seen. Oh damn it! I, I looked it up because I was like, that'd be. I kind of wanted to watch some of it to see some Irving stuff. He also, when Documentary Now did their take on the Eagles documentary, mm-hmm. he's in it basically playing himself. Oh, he so he a has a sense character. of humor about it at least. It's, it seems so. Yeah, that's cool. But he is like a feared figure in music he's like a they say like he's the guy who really should have a book called art of the deal like he actually is a known as an actual deal maker in the music industry wow like he makes shit happen so he was he worked for uh i believe he worked for geffen for a little bit then left and then kind of took the eagles with him and he w- he managed the Eagles. He did Steely Dan. He did Jimmy Buffett. Um, and I'm sorry, I hate to correct you, but it's just Eagles. Thank you so much, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you. He like came up in Champaign in Illinois, and now he's coming up in Champaign all the damn bottles. time. <laughs> uh, but like with like Dan Fogelberg and like Ario Speedwagon, and he was uh, power manager for a long time. And then left for a little bit to become, he like was running Ticketmaster for a little bit. Oh my god! He gosh. ran a label for a little bit. But then he came back to management because that's like kind of the thing that he knows he's the best at. And now he represents Travis Scott, Bruno Mars, Christina Aguilera, no doubt, John Mayer. And then he still represents, uh, like I said, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, Eagles, all those dudes separate, Fleetwood Mac. And he has, you know, the Irving, the Azoff management company with his son now. And they are just, they are extremely. What's his son's name? Jeffrey? Oh. I believe. Yeah. And. I wish he was like Lil Irv. You know? <laughs> Irv the second. <laughs> yeah. And he also, I mean, like, so he has a majority stake in the Madison Square Garden group which also runs the forum so he he's just got his fingers in a lot this of this is like this is like with hollywood shit where it's like bundling you mm-hmm. know yeah and yeah he, he also like he has his own company that so does he publishing can, exactly so he can have a cut of literally every aspect of an artist's output mm-hmm. like their touring their publishing their uh any bookings that they get as his man i mean it's just like yeah but he, I, it's it's funny but he's also the type of guy they say who like he can fucking turn it around for you he can turn in a you, good way in a great way yeah he can make joe walsh was really struggling and then like they teamed up with irving and then it was just from there on out they've been inseparable and like he he changed joe walsh's career and he's also one of those guys who's like, I can get you out of a contract. Like, are you tied in this thing with your publishing or whatever? I am. Well, we're going to sue these people. We're going to. He's a mogul. A mogul yeah. with the heart of gold. He's also 5'3". Hell yeah, player. He, he's very much like they, they, you know, he's like the Napoleon of Send him to roll. Jimmy Owes in the Valley. There's a, there's a store in the Valley called Jimmy Owes AU. It is a store for men five eight and under, and they have a very weird tagline on painted on the side of their building, and it says, "What are you waiting for? A growth spurt?" It's rude. It is not nice. Okay, so the in Irving Azoff again. So he's like on the board. He's like involved with the rock hall. I love that he's five three. That's fucking tight as hell. <laughs> but so it's it's a, it's a weird amount of like giving the award to yourself in a sense 
because he's involved with the hall. He's not on the nomcom. I'm sure he didn't make the decision, but he is like a power player when he it comes to the... He is also responsible for getting Bon fucking Jovi in the goddamn hall. I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's one of a few people, but So like... he's not benevolent. <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah. Maybe soon he'll work to get No Doubt in. So maybe that'll That'd be... That'd be great. Benevolent. No Doubt will get in. I'm not yeah. worried that they won't get in. Right. But he's the one... I mean, they're already eligible. He might be the one to clear the path a little bit. He also he used to represent the Go Go's back in the eighties. Well, for fuck's sake, maybe he'll use have your power a place. for good. He's over here trying to get Bond, stupid Jovi in, <laughs> and the Go freaking Go's need to get in. Yeah, he doesn't rep them anymore, but he should. Truly, <laughs> he come should on. advocate for them, I, given that he had a connection with them. Now, there's another manager who's being inducted this year, whose name is John Landau. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Wait, do I? You should. Yeah. So John Landau is Bruce Springsteen's manager. Uh-huh. He also at at one point worked with Shania Twain and he is also he was also a record producer. He produced some of the MC5 stuff, some Jackson Brown stuff. Uh but really he is Bruce's guy. He was also initially one of the first Rolling Stone writers. He was a journalist for a long time. Wrote for Crawdaddy among other publications that covered rock and roll music. Uh, he wrote. He's now. Now is Crawdaddy still around? You know something. <laughs> if you go down to the bayou, you might be able to find yeah. one. He has a. He has a very famous thing that he wrote where he said, "I have seen rock and roll future, and it's Bruce Springsteen." And he wrote it about Bruce before Bruce was anybody, and that kind of connected him with Bruce. And then he left journalism to he helped produce Born to Run, and then he just became Bruce's like right hand man his manager and like the guy that has been with Bruce for this whole run. That's cool. I like that kind of loyalty too. Here's where things haven't. get a little interesting. Oh, we no. talked about how Irving, it's like giving it to yourself. John Landau was on Epstein's plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> John Landau Runs the nominating committee. Oh, come on. He So that's why you've heard his name before, because I brought it up many times before. He's the guy who's in charge of the nominating committee. No. This is when you have to just kind of like wait until you retire and then let them give it to you. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. That is the classy way to be. So, I mean, and he, I think he has claimed, and it's probably true, but there's there's some conflicts here. He's claimed he had nothing to do with the selection of him being inducted, but like the people who are in charge of selecting you for induction work for you. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like there is that conflict. So they're giving they're giving the award this year to Irving Azoff and John Landau, two major players in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame behind the scenes. <sighs> Essentially giving an award to itself. Because they've done such a great job. Slap on the back. Well, here's the deal. Bruce will definitely give the speech for Landau. And I bet Don Henley will do it for Azoff. But will Bruce give it to him on, oh, give his speech on his guitar? I mean, I'm just like, you know, you know yeah. I'm just like, it's, uh, it's, that's neat. That'll be good for some people. You'll be very excited about that. I think it's great. It's fine. I don't care mm. at all. <laughs> yeah. Like that's nice for them. Yeah. It's weird. It was, uh, it was a, su a surprise to see that on the list of inductees 
for 2020. I love to imagine John Landau pretending to be surprised seeing it. Like, wait, what? <gasps> Me, you guys, Come you guys, on. who did this? Come on. <laughs> who right. did this? I swear I said don't do it. I said don't don't give me the award. But they did. Oh, God, I just have the best staff. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest staff in the world. Uh, but yeah, that's it. So there you go. That that fully rounds out the class of 2020. What, it's so funny. This has been public information. I was like, I wonder if Kristen saw... It's like, there's no way. There's absolutely no I knew way. I you'd be in the dark and I wouldn't even have to say anything. Nope. Especially because I've been off Twitter for a, over a month now. Mm-hmm. And it has been awesome. Yeah. I'll go on there occasionally... Like onto the website twitter.com. <laughs> like I, I <laughs> on your laptop. Yeah, I don't have the app on my phone, yeah. though. Sometimes if somebody tweets at me, I'll get a text mm-hmm. telling me that and I'll go look well, at it. Well, speaking of tweeting, you can, of course, tweet at us at rockhallpod. Uh, you can also email us rockhallpod at gmail.com. We're also rockhallpod on Instagram. Kristen, you are at Case That Across All Platforms. That is correct. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe K. Joe K. On Instagram at Joe Qua. Hey, why don't you do us a favor? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. I would love that. Rate and review us. Give us five stars only. I would also love that. We, we've gotten some very nice reviews recently. Oh. Thank you for those. It really helps us to get reviews. It helps in like the algorithm and, and that kind of shit for us to pick up more listeners and to be seen and heard. Uh, if and you, isn't that all anybody really wants? If you review us, it would mean a lot to us. If you leave a review because of this episode... Suggest what I should have changed my name to before it was too late. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say maybe uh, Chase Dynamite. Is also <laughs> oh, Chase Dynamite. Uh, and maybe double bonus if you think that's what I should have changed maybe, my name and to. I kind of do. I thought of Chase Dynamite while I was looking into Kristen's eyes. So maybe <laughs> that's what was going on. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusuf Kim for the music. Thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment. Thank you to Chad Briggs, Dave Schilling for letting us record in the home that I share with them. And as always, thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. That will do it for this week. We'll see you next week. What will we be talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I have, I you know, I have an idea. <laughs> Ooh, we'll see if that comes to fruition next week. I'm Joe Kozala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares? How about the rock call? Lucas Hare. He's Carrie Shale. And this is a trailer for Is It Rolling Bob? Talking Dylan. We talk to interesting people like author Neil Gaiman. Dylan is always more omnipresent than you believe. Part three of American Gods is called This Moment of the Storm. And of course, it's a hard rain's gonna fall is, is another way of saying that. Singer Billy Bragg. I went to Hammersmith Odeon with Chrissy Hind. And she totally spoiled the whole evening for me by going backstage beforehand and coming and saying to me, you must come back and say hello to Bob afterwards. He'd love to meet you. So I spent the entire gig thinking to myself, what am I going to say to Bob Dylan that, is, that doesn't sound like, hello, Bob, I really like your records. So I ran away. At the end. <laughs>
actor David Morrissey. Their stories, they are all, you know, you sit there and you think, God, this is taking me on a journey, not just by uh, each track, but each album is mm. such a chapter in a life. Singer Barb Younger. And suddenly something in the song, you go, bing, you go, oh yeah, that's today. That's the reality of the quality of his understanding of humanity, that kind of, that really relentless gaze. The legendary Larry Ratso Sloman. And that's when I talked to him about Sad Eyed Lady. And I said, you know, Bob, I always wondered, you know, in the chorus you say, my warehouse eyes, my Arabian drums. Do you mean eyes as a verb? Or is there a comma there? Is it two different images? And Sarah goes, yeah, I've always wondered that too. And Bob, and Bob says, leave me alone, Ratz. Writer David Hepworth. Honestly, the sweat was dripping off me because I was not getting very far. And you always think, I've got to get some quotes. I've got to get some lines or something. And you, of course, you can't get that out of Bob Dylan. It doesn't work like that. Mm. And the woman from the record company said to him, How's it going, Bob? And he says, I don't know. He keeps asking me questions. <laughs> and Dylan Authority. Michael Gray. What he's doing there, Dylan, is he's, he's breaking through the sort of oleaginous smear of coast-to-coast important American television. And he's creating, he's busting through that and creating a live event, an authentic moment. Is it rolling, Bob? Talking Dylan. His voice is really warm. It's just that it ain't got no form. But it's just like a dead man's last pistol shot, baby. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.